0: Welcome to Chili Grits, Grits podcast. podcast. I am Reverend Monika Bowman.
1: And I am Aisha Francis.
0: And this is our second episode of Chili Grits Podcast. It's the podcast that takes all things Southern sayings and really examines them and around how they set people up for success.
1: That's right. We are two Southerners who made our way to the hub in around 2005, and so this is our opportunity to bring some of the South to y'all.
0: Yes, because you know we moved here, but we never let go of our Southern roots, right? Nope. They're nope. still here, yes. still holding on, and um, they've really enriched our lives. And maybe people don't realize it. It enriched theirs too. They just don't know it. So that's
1: what this podcast is about. <laughs> they don't know it yet. And they don't so, know it yet. For those of you, we hope some of you listened to episode one. If you didn't go back and listen to it, we are adding on a new feature this time. We have video. We have video. And yes. Audio. And audio. So we want to thank CCTV for the space to make this um, fun. I think dream seems like a, a, a reach, but you know, No, it was our dream. Right. Like we did. And it took us
0: a while to get here. Right. Because we are both extremely (laughs) busy. busy. Women, you know, with children (laughs) and careers and entrepreneurial ventures. Yes. Y'all, we got a lot going on.
1: So we're bringing this intention to fruition. Yes, yes, and I think
0: that's worth celebrating. It
1: is. It is. Here we are, January 2023, starting the year off, saying, "Look, there's some things that have been on the to-do list for quite a long time, our shared to-do list and our individual to-do list, and we're gonna make it happen. We're
0: gonna make it happen." In the first or on the first episode, rather, Aisha talked about, you know, we're like, maybe we should write a book or we should do that, but. This is like the one thing out of that list of things we discuss that manifested. So, yes. yes, we're excited to
1: be here. We're starting here. We're starting here. So the way that this works is we share phrases that really permeated our uh, upbringing, and we're bringing that to you all to kind of interrogate the saying and how it has really influenced our lives and our leadership journey so today's saying is brought to us by monika yes and so what is the saying of the day yes
0: so the saying of the day is you know it's really reflective of a, a person that grew up on the bayou right um by the gulf coast and so the saying is you eat the fish and you take out the bones or spit out the bones rather when you are in conversation or you're hearing things from other people. So um, I grew up with that saying, baby, eat the fish, take out the bones. That's how it would be said to me. <laughs> <laughs> and it depend on the, the, the circumstance, right? Sometimes it could be used in the beginning before you enter into a conversation mm-hmm. as a disclaimer, right? Like, okay, whatever I'm about to say, eat the meat spit out the bones or eat the fish part or spit out the bones. Or it could be said afterwards when maybe things are getting a little tense in the conversation (laughs) and then they'll say, well, you know, just eat the meat. Spit out the bones, right? (laughs) So it was really contextual, but it was something that I grew up with. um, And it just stuck with me Mm -hmm. all of my life. And, you know, as we were preparing for this podcast, I was trying to figure out, okay, where did this saying come from? And um, initially, I I really couldn't find a particular place. But then I did another quick search Mm -hmm. and discovered that it is connected to some. Some biblical sayings, right? That, um, In the book of Romans or New Testament um, part of the Bible, um, there there are these moments when um, they were giving parables or examples to the new new followers of of Christ. And it was used as an example as it relates to how to be in conversation or be in relationship or how to receive information um, as it relates to this new emerging was Now is a religion, um, mm-hmm. but at the time, it was just this new movement that was taking place um, after the death of Christ. So there you go. It has okay. connection Hello. to theological um, implications yeah. <laughs> and um, a part of who I am because I am Reverend Bowman. So it was really interesting, like full circle moment for me, recognizing that some of this comes back to um, this intersection of how sometimes these biblical terms move from um, inside the walls of a particular church Mm -hmm. and then extends out into secular um, society and culture without people even realizing that is happening. So I thought that was really interesting and fascinating. It
1: is. And it it recalls, I think, as well, the fact that the biblical culture was very much a seafaring culture and there's so many connections to... The and references to being fishers of men absolutely, um, in terms of discipleship and, and that kind of thing, so absolutely. And it
0: was a symbol that is used, and even today, you, yes, you see the, the little sign, the fish, that's you know. True. So now, yeah, now it totally makes sense, mm-hmm. you know, with the fish, um, saying, particularly growing up on the bayou, and yeah. we did a lot of fishing. <laughs> oh,
1: that's great. So, listen, so this is one where I think it demonstrates the depth and breadth of. Our uh, sort of national experience with colloquialisms and regionalisms and sayings, because until you shared this with me, I'd never heard this saying. Really, before. I never heard yeah. the saying. Never. Now, I grew up in a landlocked area. I'm from Nashville. Mm-hmm. Fishing is definitely part of people's experience and, and pastimes. Just not really in my family. And we do have waterways there. Um, the Cumberland River. And um, Nashville is a, a river city. Um, the Cumberland River runs right through it. And the Tennessee Valley Authority um, spent a lot of money to create some man-made lakes and dams. So there's a bunch of lakes, Old Hickory Lake, Percy Lake, anyway. Um, but, you know, that just wasn't part of what we did as in, in terms of pastime. So uh, I love that, though, because I think it it demonstrates how divergent um, the south the southern experience is and I, you know we're claiming we are claiming this saying is a southern saying so that's a whole it, other yes, thing so yes. if we say it is southern it <laughs> is
0: southern yes watch episode one to understand, <laughs> to understand that. More yes, about that yes yes right? and if you see this and you say oh we said this x let us know let us know yeah, yes, yeah. We let wanna us know, know. yeah we wanna know. But definitely this
1: is one that at least from my my mid south nashville experience um I never heard. So I love that, you know, and we expect that that will happen, that there will be things that yes. we are revealing and and sharing about our particular areas of of um geography and the things that were said in our households that we can now pass on and hope that they proliferate. But yes. i I do love this concept of taking the 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 good and leaving the bad. Behind. Yeah, and it's So that's the core of it. You know, I think what I love about these types of sayings that most people that many people attribute to Southern sayings, and also to the Caribbean and to Africa is that they are so visual. Yes. And um, I think, you know, the, the use of, of the imagery is something that was really interrogated. So my, my doctorate is in English literature by Zora Neale Hurston. So Zora Neale Hurston was an anthropologist and it did all of this, um, sort of tracking of sayings from the South and from, you know, the Afro Caribbean and, um, traced how we describe things in very graphic and, uh, visual terms using imagery related to the the flora and the fauna and nature and animals and so I think this is a perfect example.
0: Of yeah, that. well you know I love me some Zora Neale Hurston. Yes, ma'am. Because my baby girl is named Zora. Absolutely. And um, I went to school at Bethune Cookman College, which is about forty five minutes away from Eatonville, Florida, Wonder where people, she was right? where she was born. And yeah. I remember when I was in college, we used to go there. There was this big festival, the and, Eatonville Day. Yeah, right. and we would celebrate her so and and of course her um, literary work was a part of my academic matriculation when I was at Bethune-Cookman because of course it had to be right <laughs> like shame <laughs> on the institution right we it, had to do
1: it. It better be. Yes
0: yeah so shout out to Zora Neale Hurston and yes. all that she's contributed to the world um, you know what's interesting as we kind of really study and really live into really what her scholarship and her writing was which is really being able to you know to trace back and really understand how these words and phrases influence our lives. You know, I think about how those words, you, you, you eat the meat or you eat the fish and you spit out the bones, how, how I interpret that or internalize that um, at every age and stage of my life, mm-hmm. right? So, of course, as a child, you, you hear it. And, and I grew up hearing it all the time. But I'm not sure that I was able to truly implement the words of what it meant until I got into my like late 20s mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe early 30s right and so like just to think about this of how words have meaning and have impact right a phrase that I grew up with hearing all that time but the ability to be able to act on it took up to like 15, 20, 20 years Interesting. for me to be able to actually execute on. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, things that you can gather from that maturity, right? But I think at the core of it is, you know, these saints are always interacting with society and the social pressures that are around you. And so like the people in my lives, the women in my life had the, the wherewithal to plant this seed in me. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes the circumstances wouldn't allow us to be able to execute Mm -hmm. Right. And so as you get older, as you get more refined in your thoughts, as you get more nuanced in how you manage situations, I started little by little being able to really nuance the words that people gave to me Mm -hmm. and then be able to give myself permission to hold on to those things that made sense for me and let go of the things that didn't. And even, I may get in trouble on this, Aisha. Uh-oh. Uh- <laughs> Drum roll, I know. Right? Uh- <laughs> but even in a theological context, mm-hmm. um, seminary really was the place that gave me per- permission to take words from my childhood and really be able to actualize them, right, even in my faith. Because Mm -hmm. there were plenty of things that um, I grew up with, some beautiful that shaped my life in such a dynamic way. But there were other things from my religious experience. I was like, whoa, I'm not sure if I want (laughs) to hold on to that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) There's something awry here. Yeah, like we're
0: not not doing that. And Mm so, you know, it was really... that theological training Mm -hmm. that gave me permission to be able to build on the skills that were already there right and it's interesting I know when we were talking about this podcast we talked about how the academy um has these disciplines and is seen as the place that you go to to be able to access these words of wisdom or these um, frameworks to be yeah. able to set you up for success mm-hmm. in your professional life. And so for me, it was realizing that, okay, I'm paying a whole lot of money for this education when, you know, the grandmamas and aunties and all those people around me gave me similar things. Yes. It just wasn't in fancy words. It was articulated differently. It, yeah. Yeah as yeah. I did in the ivory tower. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's really interesting. That phrase means so much to me um, as it relates to the evolution of my, my growth and development. And I'm, I'm really curious, even though it is your first time, yes. you know, interacting with it, I'm really curious. It, how does it sit with you?
1: Well, I think that, you know, we do have to learn how to navigate and negotiate a lot of incoming yeah. messages and information, uh, in leadership. And the parts that resonate with us are sometimes honestly not the messages that should hold the most meaning, mm. but they could sometimes be the ones that are the most problematic. And yet we wrestle with those, uh Longer because they're stirring up, you know, something in us, whether we think it's unjustified criticism of our work or our style or, um, you know, unwelcome, um, kind of attacks on institutions that we care about whether or not we work for those institutions. So, you know, the when, when I hear it, I do think about ways that I've evolved as a leader over the past, you know, 3 to 5 years in particular, which is almost that you you want to challenge yourself you know to to engage a different phrase here to keep your friends close and your enemies closer mm. which is you know if if i am in situations where i'm hearing things that are rubbing me the wrong way i do think it is a good exercise to sit with that and say is there any part of this that has a kernel of truth yeah either there is or there isn't but i think it gets to this piece you know eat the meat and spit out the bones is there some meat there and it's worth thinking about and either if there isn't, then how do I, how do we honestly let it go? Kind of bury the part and say, you know what, they might have been going through something or right. they didn't have full information um, or they shared something and that was their opinion. But that doesn't mean I have to act on any of it yeah. whatsoever. It can go, go in one ear and out the other. So, you know, those are the ways I think that that I'm that it's striking me, you know, as a phrase that could be applied to, to my experience. I think the other thing about it is that in the context of thinking through things that might or experiences that might have been, um, that we might have lived through where we didn't have the agency that we do now, I honestly think that to be able to apply that phrase takes a level of maturity and forgiveness absolutely, and reflection, like being willing to go back and actually think about is there any meat to chew on whatsoever or was that honestly all bone? Yeah, 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 <laughs> it, yeah. And, and sometimes there could just be crap experiences where, you know, they're really... Um, that was a, a valley moment and I really would rather have not done that I would rather not have had that experience um, so I think there's lots of different ways to to kind of think about it and, and and roll it you know around um, but for, for this moment I'm particularly thinking of you know the context of being in senior leadership roles and just having to navigate a lot of incoming yeah. suggestions and thoughts and ideas um, and, but knowing ultimately you got to have your, trial, that your trusted sources and validators. Yeah. And outside of those folks, not that you want to live in an echo chamber, but I do think we have to be super careful about who we're, what words we're letting influence us and which ones we're letting just, you know bounce off of us like what is that saying like water rolls off a duck's back. Yeah.
0: Is that a that's gonna be a phrase for another show? That might be. (laughs) That might be. Yeah, I think the key word, um, Aisha is really the maturity. And I think sometimes we take for granted um that there's an evolution of growth for a human being, just Mm -hmm. in general, um, that then allows you to be able to navigate and manage complex situations, right? And so, you know, the meat piece, that could be things that are edifying, that makes you feel good, um, as well as those things that make you pause, and reevaluate and i think the the maturity piece that comes in is the ability to be able to manage or give credence to both those things that make us feel good with feedback Mm -hmm. as well as those things that make us pause. Because if you are ambitious, which I think both of us fall into that category. I think so. We got to own it. We got to own (laughs) it. We got to own
1: your stuff, right? (laughs) Here we are doing this podcast. We we need another thing. (laughs)
0: Like we need another thing. (laughs) But sometimes with that ambition, you you get so driven um, and, you know, there's ego involved. It is what it is. Like if you are ambitious, there's there's a piece of that that you have to navigate and deal with, and I don't see um, ego as a bad thing. I mm-hmm. think it's something that you have to manage and something that you have to check. But sometimes the ego gets in the way of your ability to really be able to take a step back and be able to really chew on that 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 fish or that meat that isn't so good, right? Because we want people to see us in a good light, right? Mm -hmm. We we want to be able to be that go-to person with the advice. And very rarely for people that are ambitious or people in leadership, the grace of being able to make mistakes and man, living in a 21st century cancel culture like that's a whole nother layer of pressure so to have the maturity to be able to sit with oneself in Mm -hmm. any context whatever the situation and be able to chew on that meat that feels good and chew on that meat that makes us uncomfortable and the ability to spit out both because sometimes i think the assumption is oh all the good stuff you just chew you want to keep But that's not always the case. You know, you really have to manage that, too, because sometimes that can lead you down a path that may not be beneficial as well.
1: Yeah, well, we have to be able to have um, to kind of look at ourselves as much as we um, to the extent that we can from a perspective of objectivity. Yes. Um, But one of the things that you that what you said just triggered for me is in a literal sense, the idea that, you know, there is. A life or death element to this phrase, which is spitting out the bones, because bones will choke you. They will, and they can choke you. And and we have in our um, family, uh, my let's see how how do I say it? my my mother's godparents, who were also her aunt and uncle, <clears throat> lost a child in infancy to choking on fishbone. Mm. And so I think um, you know that, and I remember as a child. Uh, realizing that my, my aunt being uncle Ben had a son who I never knew. It's like, well, who, you know, we were looking through family pictures. I'm like, who is that? You know, and, and they had a daughter named Maddie, Maddie B. It's like, who is that? That's not Maddie B. It's like, oh, you know, this is, that was her brother who died in infancy. And I didn't know that. I was like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah. Um, but I do think that we are all dealing with things that, um, have the 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 potential to either it could kill a dream, it could kill a part of ourselves. Like you know, pop once once you pop a balloon, you cannot put it back. It, it could be you know the perspective or perception of a person that we grew up with. Like oh yeah, you know wow. see you preaching up in here? Girl. I, I did I not you, know you, you, that you're, you're
0: you're saying a word. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I didn't know that about yes. that person. Yeah. And so you know whether or not we can manage to to eat carefully, to eat that, to digest that information carefully is important. It is because important because it's you know, it's life or death out here in, in terms of the information flow and what Absolutely. we're hearing and what we're dealing with on a on a daily basis. So, you know, that's something that you know what you just shared made me think of. Like, oh of course you have to spit out the bones because eating them could literally choke you.
0: Yeah, yeah. And particularly that resonate in, in this twenty first century world we live in. I mm-hmm. I think about, you know, we're both moms and It's scary sometimes thinking about the level of access that our children have at such a young age to just diverse information sources that at times as protective as we are, and we both are, (laughs) that we're not going to be able to control it all the time, right? Right. And so all of that is, they don't even know it, and a lot of people don't know it, quite frankly. They are internalizing and eating things that may have bones in them. Mm Mm-hmm. And the ability to have the maturity to be able to recognize when it's not something that they should consume, um, you know, it's really delicate in a 21st century society to be able to figure out when do you spit it out, right? right. It's really complex. Um, so it's something that is a, a skill set that needs to be nurtured, developed, um, revisit it you know time and time again because you're right it is life or death you know because one one thing that we've learned living through a pandemic Mm -hmm. is that life is fragile not just um, our physical health but the mental health that everybody went through by being in lockdown for so long Mm -hmm. so being able to manage both is really important and being able to Recognize when you're chewing on good nourishment. You know, good fish, good meat, or and for the the vegetarians out there, you know, good good vegetables.
1: Right. Something <laughs> chew yeah. the something and throw out the speed the yeah. seeds. Yeah, right? spit
0: out the seeds. Right. right, we can adapt. We're flexible. We're inclusive here right, exactly. on Chili grits Podcast. Exactly. Um, well, thank you for I, it's bringing It's really important.
1: Up this this uh, this phrase, this saying, you know, from from your particular heritage, it's been uh, a pleasure to really dive into it with you.
0: Yeah, so more to come, and we hope that you are enjoying Chili Grits podcast as much as we are. Absolutely, and tune in for our
1: next episode. And send us some of your sayings. Yes, yeah, send we us your We might some consider saying. bringing them up for episodes uh, in the past in the future. Indeed. Thanks so much. Bye, y'all.